We're clear for takeoff. What's going on, everyone? It is time for King to the Heart. I am your host, Tariq Omari Walton, with my wonderful co-host, Dr. John Hart. What's how go- we doing? How we doing, What's brother? What's going Rick? on, John? How you feeling, man? How you feeling? I can't complain, man. You know, it's another great day here with you. We have a great topic today. We oh, have we some do. Lovely guests today. We, we have so it's going to be amazing, right, man? What's been going on with you this week, though, man? Anything man. good? What about what's going on with your clients this week, man? Uh, any, any any good stories? I know we can't share specifics, yeah. but you know. Well, I'd say running theme, um, a lot of emotional distance, mm-hmm. resentment building up over the years. That's resentment. Yeah, man. You know the nasty R word. You know I can't. It, it's 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 pretty it's pretty rough. Uh, but that's been a common thing. Okay. Emotional wow. distance caused by resentment over the years. Wow. Not talking. Not processing. Not. Not not bringing things to the forefront. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, I've been seeing that a lot over the last week. What about you, man? The only thing going on right now, we actually just had my last barbershop talk okay. um, last week, last Saturday. That's what's up, and that's with the fellas, right? With the fellas, yeah, right. down at Lee's Barbershop in Southeast DC, that's and you know up. we've been doing that since May. You know, mm-hmm. it was our six one, and you know we've had a number of different topics. We talked about uh, mental health. We talked about. Um, trauma. We talked mm-hmm. about coping. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about relationships, um, well-being, and this last one. The guys really wanted to talk about how to keep a relationship going. Wow, you know that's the big one. How wow. to keep a relationship going. And our topic tonight is a, one of the things that could really help your relationship out. Yes, it can. You know, and what we're talking about today is how to overcome the orgasm gap. Now, if you don't know what that means, our expert panelists will be breaking this down for you over the next 45 minutes. And so what I want to do is I want to welcome our guests to the show today. First, we have Dr. Donna Oriolo. I got that right. Look at that. Go ahead, Brother Reed. Thank you, man. I've been practicing. Um, we, have, we also have um, another L- LMFT, yeah. Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist, Marissa Nelson. She's actually, what we're, well, we'll find out where Marissa is in a second. She's out of the country living a good life. <laughs> and we also have Miss Babette Plummer. All right. And so these are our wonderful guests. Ladies, thank you so much for coming up here today. Yes, we appreciate y'all. You can actually Absolutely. talk into, you guys can actually like, you know, talk into the microphone. Happy to be here. All right. There we here. go. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Dr. Donna's been on fire. I know. Right. She's gotten now, in she, here. now she wants to be shot. Yeah. <laughs> So what we want to do tonight is kind of break things down for folks. We have um, a, a phenomenal topic, something that's not discussed that often, but often experienced. And we're talking about the orgasm gap. And so, Dr. Donna, why don't you break, his, break it down for us? What is exactly the orgasm gap? The gap with which women are not having orgasms. <laughs> but in comparison to who? Comparison to these guys out here. What guys? What what are, what are these guys not? Well, what's, what's male happening? bodies are more likely to experience orgasm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. than female bodies. Okay, mm-hmm. and, and Marissa, why is that? Why is it that men have such an easier time having orgasms than women, and why is there such a gap between the two? Well, I think that men have a spont- more spontaneous desire, mm-hmm. so they can look at visual stimuli, get aroused. 
and then quickly achieve, you know, orgasm or pleasure, whereas women are much more multifaceted when they come to desire. I think that it's much more responsive, you know, responsive to uh, love, touch, affection. I mean, I have clients who tell me if my husband washes dishes, I'm so giving it to him. Yeah, I've heard heard that as well. (laughs) I I definitely have heard that as well from a few of my clients. Something about those dishes, huh? something about dishes, but, you know, I think that for women's desire, it takes a little bit uh, more. It's um, it's spiritual, it's mental, it's emotional, it's also neurochemistry. I think all mm-hmm. things kind of merge together to be able to create a pleasurable sexual experience. And so, Babette, you know, as someone who, um, if you don't mind me telling, you know, part of what you do, that you actually sell toys. You're yes. a distributor. She yes, distributes I am. She distri- And what kind of toys are these exactly? And what's the purpose? And how does this help people? Look, brother, you got too many questions. Clothes. Like to speak, <laughs> I mean, okay? but she, she's used to this. No, she, know. she knows. She goes through this every day. Know. You know, but how, how does this close, you know, the toys? How does this help to close some well, of the orgasm gap? Well, the company, you know, Pure Romance, it's all about helping women to empower themselves, empower mm. themselves sexually. So, you know... As women, we're kind of taught to be demure and we're supposed to wait on men to please us and men are automatically supposed to know what to do without Mm -hmm. us telling them. And lots of times, you know, as you get older, you realize, okay, I don't even know what I like. So these toys can help women find out what they like. They can help them become more in touch with themselves. There are some women who have never seen themselves. Wow. yeah. That's, that's crazy. They're, it's like they don't look down there. They don't have a mirror. I mean, how do, how does that not work? They don't. Yeah, they they, they, they don't have, have interests. It's it's because well, for them it's been somewhat taboo. They've right. been taught by right. society that it's taboo to to explore yourself. Right, right. Uh, one one of the things I I wanted to ask the our, our expert panelist on our. Um, on today's show, and I know we talked about that whole concept of expert, right, Dr. Donna? Mm-hmm. Right, we talked about expert, right? <laughs> but I think one of the things, not just for myself, but also for male audience members listening in, what are the social scripts about sex that you that we're noticing, or you guys have noticed, are that are leading to this orgasm gap, right? When I talk about social script, it's it's what is society telling us, or what are the norms that's supposed to be imposed upon us that has kind of led us into this particular issue? Oh snap! I had to go deep. <laughs> I had to go, go, go right there on you. Okay. Hope well, you're ready. and going there, then I bring it back to heteronormative mm-hmm. white supremacist patriarchy. Oh mm-hmm. wow. Man, wow, that's, that's a, a mouthful, mouthful for you. <laughs> Thank you, right in your eye. <laughs> so, Dr. But, Don, break that down for us. Well, what it basically means is that we have censored our lives around the pursuit mm-hmm. of what white men, white heterosexual, cisgendered mm-hmm. men have said to be important. Mm-hmm. So, any deviation you are from there now has an othering effect on you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you are not, you are not the capital. W white man and so you are now othered and your sexuality is now seen as deviant if it is different from their sexuality hmm. oh okay but uh-huh. I also think and that, then there's the color piece too yeah and right. then you know they're into a lot of things that they may not tell people also that's what that's where I was going so you become <laughs> a deviant exactly where I was because going. you're open about the stuff that they do behind closed doors I would even say it's not even about the closed doors 
it's about like when we think about the history of this country mm -hmm. and the history of white domination in general, a lot of it has had bucos to do with sexual domination as oh, well yes. as yes. you know domination of the land. Right. So when we start to thinking and talking about those pieces, they have put their freak flag very high <laughs> and have told us exactly where they are. And that sex is not always about pleasure. It's more so about power. That, that's and when talking. you're talking about power, that's you also talking. have to be talking about who has power and in what systems they have power. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes people talk about, um, when they're talking about female sexuality, they talk about the Madonna-whore dichotomy. So it's either you're the Madonna, you're the Virgin Mary, you're this pure, chaste being who would never have sex, but right. you would have a kid. And on the <laughs> other hand, you're you Madonna. Yeah. I mean, you the whore. Yeah. You you are you are out there. You you are having all the sex, and that masculinizes you as well as devalues you because for a woman, her her value in society is very much placed within her vagina. Right not her vulva, in her vagina. vagina. It's about what it can give as well as what it can produce. But still in the service to men. No lie. Like That's serve real giving talk. progeny and pleasure. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So then when you, when you put all those pieces in, but then you also add in this piece about race. So like what, what people tend to know is, or people have assumed, but research has now confirmed, is that there is an order in the hierarchy for race. Mm -hmm. So it's white, Asian, Latinx, and um, black. Right. It is in that order. So with it being in that order, and we're not even talking about anti-blackness yet, so like the blacker you Just, look, the right. worse off you are. Right, of course. Mm -hmm. So like when you have that piece, you also have to talk about what what further has been given, especially to black bodies, mm -hmm. when of we're course. talking about sex and sexuality? So for black women, the sexual the sexual scripts are the mammy, the Jezebel, mm -hmm. and the sapphire. Mm -hmm. yep. So I'm looking like you're either the light skin, long curly hair uh, Jezebel, you're the big dark nappy haired mammy, or you're the finger popping, neck rolling sapphire. Who emasculates men and can never have one because she chases everyone away. Right. So when you're dealing with those scripts, how does that also play into the Madonna whore, which also plays into your inability to be a real woman because you're not a white woman. Mm -hmm. And and then at the same time, right, um, to kind of like uh, add to that is to be able to experience that pleasure, that desire, and then get that orgasm, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of body doesn't belong to you, right? Right? Mm -hmm. Right? Right? Marissa. Um, as someone yeah. who's at LMFT, you see clients, you know, how does that kind of play into some of the dynamics you see with your own clients in terms of um, the racialized aspect of, of sex mm -hmm. and the difficulties with orgasms? Um, and let me take the difficulty to orgasm for a second because sure. I think that that then flows into um, other you know, into the other topic that we were talking to, that we were talking about. I mean, for me, most of the time when I see um, couples, they come in and say, you know what, I'm, you know, we're not having enough sex. I'm not having orgasms. My partner's not having orgasms. Fix them. Um, so <laughs> when, <laughs> That's real though. Yeah. Okay. You know, fix them. And um, I think for women, women are socialized to 
a lot of times that pleasure is not for them. Pleasure is in service to a partner. Pleasure is in service to taking care of a partner's needs. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when we're talking about, when I talk to my clients about, well, what do you like sexually? This just happened this past week. My client was, she is 63, um, been married for 33 years. And her husband was like, I don't know, is she asexual? She never wants to have sex. I don't know what to do. And when I talked to her about, well, what do you like? And what, how do you like to be touched? And how do you like to have sex? She's like, I don't even know whatever he likes. And so I cannot tell you how many clients that that's the starting point that we are going to. Mm. Another thing is that even if for other clients of mine, um, even if, the sex is okay, but they want to be able to experiment a little bit or they feel like their partner is not meeting their needs. I hear a lot of, oh, but I can't tell them that because it will hurt their feelings. Um, So even just the wanting of desire and the wanting to have orgasm, it feels like there's a lot of guilt that comes from that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of guilt and a lot of shame um, around having ownership of your own sexual desire and having agency to be able to ask for what you want and to request that and not feel like um, your partner is going to leave you or abandon you or all of the other stuff that kind of comes to the surface. Um, I would say that a lot of it for, for me is being able to help clients start from the beginning. <laughs> you know, uh, I looking at their vagina for the first time, being able to self-pleasure. Oh, I yeah. can't even tell you how many clients are like, I can't do that. Well, yeah. why can't you do that? Because no, because it's bad and only bad girls do that. Mm. Or oh, I have I'm married now and I have a partner. I don't need to do that anymore. Oh Lord, wow. <laughs> I've, I've heard it all as well. Yes, that sexual shame script is real. Yes, Very so real. the sexual shame script that comes up over and over again and bleeds into you know women's inability to be able to have pleasure. I think the last point I'll say about that is what we call the loss of erotic focus. So many times women are juggling various different roles, mother, wife, businesswoman, student, you know, you know, uh, being a member of the community. And many times, you know, I, I explained that sex is a space that you enter. It's a place that you go. It's a temple. And when you go there, you know, what do you seek to experience? Is it closeness? Is it a sense of escape? Is it um, a, a playful space for aggression? Like, what is it that you seek to experience? Um, and for women, for many women, it's very hard to stay focused because it's like, oh, I got to pay taxes and oh my, you know, this happened. And what about the kids? And, you know, the mind is going so many different places mm-hmm. where when in fact, when it comes to orgasm, you really have to be able to surrender. Mm-hmm. It's really about being able to give in and surrender to the sensations that are having that are happening to your body in a sense of mindfulness. And I think that that's very hard in a distracted world when there's a thousand things that can take you in various different directions, right? right. Um, so that's typically what I see in my experience. But you know what? But the other thing with that too, though, is in terms of not being able to stay present while you are um, trying to engage in, in sexual intercourse or sexual in foreplay or anything like that. One thing I hear from clients, particularly the our female clients or just women in general, is that they have so many men who are very selfish lovers. You know, they're just really out for the destination. They're not about the journey. They're not about the pleasure. Well, the, the, the final destination. Right. And so it's almost like they're focusing so hard. The women are focusing so hard on reaching their own orgasm before the guy does 
that they can't really be present and enjoy the sensation uh, of intercourse. You know, so how, how for you guys, how does that play out in terms of the way that you talk to clients and talk to people about becoming more present, trying to be mindful and being um, engaged in a way that you're not just focusing on the end game, but how to enjoy the process. And maybe that may help you um, achieve that that orgasm that you're looking for. Well, make them slow down. Yeah, I I tell people it's not it's, it's not a microwave. Think of it as a coal stove, mm-hmm. you a know, coal stove. a coal, coal stove, C-O-A-L, coal. yes, a coal stove where, you know, you got to get the they coals. Still got those? No, but it's just <laughs> <laughs> electric or gas, <laughs> electric or gas. You know? I, I dig the metaphor. Though. I, I think about it like a grill, a charcoal grill. Uh-huh. You get your charcoals, you know, you get your kindling, you know, you get your, you know, you light it up and you got to blow on it. And Ain't nobody it got time a, for all that. But that's just it. You have to make time. That's, <laughs> that's the problem. Everyone, everyone is caught up in, okay, we have yeah, instant gratification, right. but just the whole idea of everything needs to be on a schedule. Yeah. When it comes to sex... You know, yes, you make time for your quickies, but then you need time to really enjoy everything. Mm-hmm. It's and, and the, savor it, right? Yeah. Yes, save, savor yes. the moment. Like that good no one bite of food yeah, but, that but, you but, want. But people, but people don't even savor food. People are always yeah. in a rush to chew oh, and, and, and they're, they're wolfing the wolfing food down and stuff like that. And they're wolfing and bodies down yeah, too. It, it, yeah, <laughs> that, that is true. That is true. I think I think there's something that you said, Babette, that really like struck to me, and that is like I, I've said to. I mean, I, I don't I can't recall saying this to actual male clients, but I've said it to, you know, guys who I know and and, and, um, and I've grown up with is that patience is always going to play a real important and critical part of human sexuality. And when you're in a relationship, it, it, it demands it. It calls for it, particularly if you want it to be fulfilling. Right. And what I joke with guys sometimes is when you hear them talk about sex. I think one of the things that I'm noticing is just whole notion of pace. And it has to be quick, and I have to get, and you have to beat it up. It got to be quick, and then I'm just like, you need to stop with the porn, okay? Like it seems like you're watching a lot of porn, exactly. and yes. it's really skewing yes. your brain yes. chemistry. Even, I would even say the music. I'm, I mean, I'm telling think you, think about what you just said. Beat it up. Yeah, like, I'm like, like how is that? How is that supposed to be pleasurable? I'm, I'm telling I'm you, like, 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 like I've heard it compared to Emmett Till. Yeah, I'm like, I'm sorry, that was violent. Yeah. I don't know if you recognize <laughs> like, how that violent is very, that was, yeah, that's but people con- they're constantly exactly. talking about it as this thing that you do between. You know, making breakfast and getting the kids out the door. Mm-hmm. It's it's about how quick can it get done. It's about oh, for some people it sounds very obligatory. Like oh, I just got to do it so that you know my partner is satisfied and they don't mm-hmm. go outside like the job. confines of our right. relationship. And it shouldn't be. Yeah, it turns into a job instead of into a space where true pleasure can be had and held. Mm-hmm. But I would also challenge that. Where in America do we get messages that it is okay to have any type of pleasure? Right when, here. When are well, we not? Well, I right thought here. that's what capitalism is all about. Capitalism right. about feeding the pleasure. Right. right? No, it's, it's not. not. No. It's it about feeding the pleasure for someone that's else while you suffer. Right. Well, you got you got to get your you got to get your own pleasure though. You know what I'm saying? And I think one of the things that we were talking about earlier is there are some groups who have the ability and the privilege to not just seek their own pleasure but have it satisfied and satiated, right? Mm-hmm. And those who right. are don't have the uh, ability or social scripts, they're told that you should go about seeking pleasure. One, either not to seek it, or mm-hmm. this is the way you should seek it. And that's a lot of complications that really messes up relationships right. if you think about. It. Yeah, without a doubt. It really does. And I also think that 
uh, a lot of my male clients focus a lot, a lot because of all of the socialization around orgasms and the final destination as opposed to being more pleasure-based. Exactly. And also thinking about this is what I think that she would want. This is what I think my partner would like. This is what I believe my partner would would like to be pleased as opposed to really bringing their partner into the experience yes. and both or even of them just paying attention to come to that yeah or even just paying attention to your partner cuz if you touch your partner you know there's certain pressure points that you may touch that they're going to make a they're going to have a reaction to it and those are the things that people lose sight of they just touch and half the time they think that all women are the same well this worked mm-hmm. for this chick so this is going to work is, for this one they lied but they oftentimes yes. people are lying they are faking the these wonderful orgasms. That's one and thing you, I tell women. You are don't using fake the it. Well, same. Hold, we actually have we actually have some questions on that. And right now, the music that you hear, and we're going into one of our first segments, which is called "Holding Court," going on, going along with the theme of "Kings of the Heart." You know, we're holding court, and this is kind of the ask the expert segment of our show. And so, I put some questions out there on FB on Facebook for people to ask the experts around the orgasm gap. And we actually brought up two of the topics just recently. The first one is. Why do men, and she says, excuse my language, why do men think that beating the pussy up is what women want all the time, and that's how she's going to achieve an orgasm? It's that porn, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm telling that's you. That's what it is. Something, there's something about that that has men really jacked up. Mm-hmm. But it's also the socialization that a man is a man if he's able to beat exactly. something yep. up. I agree. So exactly. not even just beat up. Uh, you know, That's in sex point. and be able to achieve in that way, but also your your prowess to be able to beat up other men who may try to stake your claim or try to you know get in your way, and it's and it's uh, there, to me it's there, very militarized because I mean look at that they put those little dicks on the side of their arms to say <laughs> how how very much manly they now, are. Now, now, <laughs> now, now, interestingly enough, like what you said is also um, violence is erotic as well. Research yep. shows that right. that there is something erotic about close. violence. It's very very close, yes. right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, your right. heart, your the blood gets pumping, you know, the adrenaline starts rushing, just like you know, having an orgasm. Yep. So. and that's what they expect to happen. But the, but the thing is, and that's fine if there's con- if there is it's consensual among partners. Of course, if right. you're saying, you know what, for both of us, this is a place where I want it to be primal, I want it to be aggressive. There's plenty of women that like to get soaked and slapped and all of that stuff and that is part of the erotic experience but you don't want to feel like you're being used and that that's ha- it's happening to you and right. that you are not a part of the experience and that's where I think things fall apart and I think that's one of the reasons why you really need to be in tune with your partner yeah. a lot of people aren't in tune they're so focused on what they want to get out of the situation they're not paying attention to what it is that their partner wants in the moment I would you know, even say take wa- it back not, yeah take it back is that we are constantly trying to get people talk. to read someone's body language I'm like stop reading you can't read well ask <laughs> <laughs> or tell right. if a guy is touching you wrong women, if a guy is touching you wrong women need to say no not like that or you know slow down right. do this do that and but a man needs to be able to accept fear right. exactly the, di- the direction I'm even that, say a, that a man also needs to have the wherewithal to ask yes. Yes. Oh, so yeah. as well yeah, as right. a woman needs to make sure that you know you're you're speaking your truth about what feels good and what doesn't feel good yes. like on the other end you should also also make check in there's a yeah. great book that talks just about that Checking it's out. the guide to consent 
um, Aaron Tillman wrote it. It's a great, it's like a $15 buy. It's a hundred, it's a hundred page book. It's got illustrations. It is all about consent and how to ask and receive so that people stop being in their head. Because when you get to spectatoring, where that space where you're yep. outside of your own body because now you're watching yourself, in a sense, have sex. Like, am I doing it right? right? Am I performing it right? Then you won't get no. that orgasm. Exactly, because you're not even in your body. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And you can't approach it like, take that, take that, take that. A lot of the people out there who still may not, after this conversation is illuminated, but still may not have the courage to be able to tell their partner what they want, I always recommend hand over hand. Just if you don't want to say anything, take your partner's hand, put your hand over it, and show them how you like to be touched. Show them how you like to be stroked. Show right. them exactly the what you like because everybody is entitled to a sexual experience but you do have to communicate yes and i like the yes no maybe chart i don't know if you guys have seen that (laughs) it is um there's a couple different types of the lists but uh it has all the type of sexual things that you could possibly do in a couple blank spaces for you to fill it in Mm -hmm. so everything from shrimping toe sucking to scat play um playing with poo um just like it's everything is on the list and then you put for yourself whether it's a yes it's a no it's a maybe Mm -hmm. your partner has their own they do theirs and then you have a a mutual list so that fosters discussion for you to talk about those things and it lets you know like oh you you into that i'm not into that Mm -hmm. so we're not gonna bring that over here (laughs) or you may see something be like oh oh, i I was interested in that you know that's something we can try so it it, like you said it starts the conversation i never thought you would even be interested in that so i never even asked well uh, well, i think Mm -hmm. one of the one of the most important things that i and i've said this before not just with clients but when we've been on the air uh tariq on 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 other stations this whole notion of i think what that does is it expands the conversation I always force my couples and I and I really impose upon them and I said, you know, one of the most important things to keep in mind is not just about yes or no. It's not just about that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's such a dichotomous way of thinking of yes, I like I will do this or no, I won't do this. But if you expand the conversation, you help people understand because I think the other thing that comes with human sexuality is the other aspects of human experience. And when we talk about things like trauma, I mean, we are we 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 have past and we have things that we've gone through and it's not just about um, actual uh, uh, um, sexual assault or sexual trauma but even um, what we were talking about early this whole notion of relational trauma mm-hmm. emotional trauma intergenerational those, exactly trauma. intergenerational yes. trauma right. but then when you also add other aspects of life poverty I mean, it's going to be hard for you to feel um, that sexy. you're, yeah, sexy when, <laughs> well, when, you're, when, well, when, when. Sally May yeah, not Sally May. May. I was thinking about Sally, Sally May. You. you sit there paranoid. <laughs> you know? Like, who's that knocking on the door? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got no money, man. <laughs> Sally May is running the household. I mean, it, it can stress you out, right? right. You know, so it, it's, it's, that, that's one. I'm glad you brought that up because at the end of the day, I'm always looking for things and I'm always espousing the whole notion of let's expand the conversation, mm-hmm. right? Let's not keep it to black and white thinking let's not keep it to yes or no thinking right right so let's go back to the other point that someone made um about women faking orgasms and that was actually another question that somebody posed why is it that women fake orgasms if you know that your man is not pleasing you and why are you so afraid to have a discussion with him to the point where you have to fake what you're doing or even you're faking just to get him to finish because you figure his ego is so fragile that if you don't have an orgasm well it is you know well, yeah, of course. i like how you just answered the question i'm sorry 
fragile male ego yeah. Yeah. being yeah. one thing. Exactly. But then the other piece being that something is wrong with you now. Mm-hmm. If you can't reach something that they are saying every other partner I've ever had has been a, able to experience orgasm with me. What's wrong with you? Right. Like, why can't you experience mm-hmm. it? Why can't you get out of your own head? So now mm-hmm. it turns into a blame game of mm-hmm. something must be wrong with me. And, and that's just anxiety. Yeah, you just yeah. internalize oh, yeah. that. Yeah. And yeah. then it's 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 the fear of potentially losing that man because his ego may be shattered because he's not making you, you know, reach orgasm. Mm-hmm. But I tell people, don't fake it. You yeah. can't you can't give men false hopes. Mm-hmm. Because then they're going to go around thinking that they're doing macho, what they need to do, right. and and they're not. <laughs> Banging their chest. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, you should have like, heard And you do a disservice to the next person exactly. that might end up with this man. Because right. yes. now he, he is thinking that if you tweak the nose, that it's going to work. That it works every time. We have gone from individual <laughs> orgasm to community <laughs> orgasm. You got to look, look out for the next person, okay? Or well, come to find out that everybody been faking you know, yeah. you know, everyone yeah. recognizes yeah. that his ego is so fragile that you have to fake him to, you know, fake it just to make him feel like he's doing but something. But can you imagine if some people did go back into their sexual histories and ask all those people, like, were you they honest do it. with I it? don't even think them jokers like, would do it. Who, yeah, he, he would. That, would. Level, they, they that, that would hurt you. I'm telling you. <laughs> but as a woman, you may need to get references. Yo. Have that conversation with like, I'm look thinking it. we need all. I know you directory. were with him for like three years. Yes. <laughs> you were with him for three years. Rated. Did he make you? Nah, never happened with me. Did you fake it? Yeah, I faked it. I fake it too. You might have to have that conversation. You might need Trust references. Me, some women probably do have that conversation. Uh, yeah. References, man. Especially with these guys who are sleeping with each other's, um, sleeping with the, the sisters and the cousins. Let your cousin tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> Marissa, you look like you wanted to say and something. And people are afraid of hurting their partner's feeling. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I hear, oh, but if I say that, they're going to be mad at me. They're, you know, they're going to withhold sex. So we already don't have sex that much. Mm-hmm. So I can't say anything now, you know, for the partners that are not really as sexually active. So there's a lot of risk involved in, for some people of really speaking up for themselves and advocating. Nah, shoot, I wouldn't fake orgasm. That's, I wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for some people, they definitely feel like, well, if I just go eat along, then maybe we'll try next time. Maybe next time will be a different experience. And it usually isn't. But, but, what, but wouldn't you, though, in that kind of situation, if you're faking it and you're looking for, you know, hopefully getting an orgasm, reaching climax in the next situation, isn't that in your head already? So now you're not even thinking about it. Isn't that going to raise your anxiety so you might not even be in a good place to have an orgasm? Because you're focusing so much on hoping that you get it because last time you faked it. Yeah. So yeah, no, I mean, yeah, no, because I, I, you're thinking about the the sex you're not having. You're thinking about the experience that you're not able to embrace right now. Mm-hmm. So you're already thinking so far into the future and trying to get this over with instead of really being able to take the reins and saying no. Honestly, right. I think some working people working put it to for me. And that, some people put it to pros and cons. It's like, well, I like being in a relationship. I don't like being single. Mm-hmm. So is my orgasm and my pursuit of sexual pleasure, is it worth possibly being, being alone? Right. And That's considering right. that, you know, like for a woman, mm-hmm. the value of a woman is also based on her ability to attract others who want to be with her. Right. Exactly. I mean, you get yeah. into a sticky space where it's like, well, if if I can't achieve orgasm with this person and I choose to leave, 
Am I going to end up alone? Am I just not going to be with nobody? Is it just going to be me and my vibrator, me and my two fingers? Is it just going to be us? Right. Yeah. So they take what they can Yeah, get. I, I, I think exactly. the other thing that like came to mind as, as you folks were talking was also, well, most guys won't admit it, but it's like, what does it look like? What does a fake orgasm look like compared to like a real one, right? Because, well, I mean, I mean, hey, we ain't shy. We ain't shy. Sally Mary, right? Exactly, right? Well, well, yeah. Well, if you think about it, like I only ask because, again, I think I think a lot of see, you know men in general very like visual and so like what are they picking up from and where are they even learning to identify a well i can i know for sure my female partner is having an orgasm or you know what i'm sensing that she's faking because if communication isn't happening there's a lot of guys who are walking out of there who are like thinking they've hit a grand slam mm-hmm. or they've thrown five touchdown passes and that's not even the case. You couldn't even get like, you know, <laughs> second and nine. You didn't even get one yard, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's like, what, right? So communication isn't happening. So we, that's already a problem. But like, how are we able to even talk to our partners about like, hey, this is what it looks like mm-hmm. when I do have one, or this is commonly what I experience. Look out for these signs. I mean, well, are those, can those conversations happen? You have to be willing happen? to accept and be open to the fact that you are not the expert on someone else's body. Exactly. And I think you have to be deal. present in the moment, because if you're present, there's certain physical things that happen yes. Yes. that you know whether or not someone has orgasm. So yeah, if you're and truly what type present, of orgasm they may be having. Yeah, that's, yes, that's exactly. Where I was, so yeah. the toral, you, uh, the, uh, the G-spot, or I'm like, so what are they, like 12 There's like 12. 22. There's like like I somewhere found, between I there. found about wow. 12. Oh, no, it was 22. Yeah. I actually didn't even know there was no, 22. I got some, I got some one of my, to do. One of my good friends, um, Goody, um, AskGoody.com, she she did a whole presentation on all the various orgasms that you can have. And I was like, yeah, those are the ones I keep forgetting about. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow, 22. Yeah. 22. But, but there's, a, there's, there's too many ways for those with female bodies to have orgasms for them to not be having them. Wow, so, so that's me, real talk. Like, that's the easiest real way is push that button at the top. The clitoris exactly. is only that's serves the one function. But, exactly. But let me, but let me All the nerve ending though. that's on it? Like, yes, come that, on. And that baby has wings. But what about, but what about those women, though? So let me, take it, let me take it here. What about these women, say they have a man who is very attentive. Mm. You know, it does take his time and does doesn't try to rush to the end Mm -hmm. but they still have a hard time orgasm he could try a million different things but Mm -hmm. for her there's some kind of block what what are some of the possibilities as to why women aren't having orgasms even if they are with a um uh, a, a partner who is trying to very attentive who is it i think it has a lot to do with mental you know what whatever traumas may have happened previously or, you know, sometimes women are just afraid to completely let go and completely submit. Sure. No matter how good the guy is to them, they're right. just afraid to truly be that vulnerable right. with someone. So yeah. I think that has a lot to do that's with that's it. That's what Marissa was yeah. saying earlier, right? Yeah, Marissa, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Yes, absolutely. That, you know, for many women, we you know, pride ourselves on being able to control all of this and you know, the schedule and everything that, you know, you have, you can do, but when it comes to orgasm, like I said, it's a space that you have to go, and it's a mental space, right? You know, and so for many women to be able to completely let go and surrender, and that's about trust, it's about vulnerability, um, mm-hmm. it's about literally being emotionally and spiritually naked in front of your partner. And for some people, yeah. they can do nope. that, this you is know, and holding back like... their own pleasure. 
Yeah, this is the intersection of all those scripts mm-hmm. that they've right. been given. Right. It's it's the piece. It's the I'm a strong that strong black woman piece. Right. Right. It's that superwoman piece. It's the that it's the I am the best mother, the best cook, yep. the best worker. Yes. It's all these pieces that come together, and how you can be in all those spaces at once, where it's constantly touted that you have to be independent. Mm-hmm. You got to be an independent woman. I'm looking like well. If you're having sex with a partner, now you're not independent. Of course. Right. Now you now exactly. you're interdependent. And I would say that most people, I mean, we've deluded ourselves into this independence because it's not independence, it's interdependence no yeah, matter exactly. what you do. Exactly. Interdependence. Exactly. Yes. Definitely. But being able to rely on someone to do something without you trying to push it forward, but at the same time right. you have to have had the conversation before mm-hmm. then, yeah. you've got to be able to be in a space where you are able to mentally relax and let go. Mm-hmm. Yep. So being able to acknowledge that, okay, yes, I'm stressed about these things, but those don't enter this space. And sometimes to physically, in a sense, take off yeah. that yep. cloak of stress yes. and be like, I'm going to leave it outside the bedroom and I'm going to put okay. on you know, my, my, my panties of sexiness mm-hmm. and I'm about to enter <laughs> this space and be in this space. But what role does your partner actually play in that? Because I'm a big proponent of romance. Yes. You know, one yes. thing that I, when I work with my clients on you know, sexual chemistry, um, I'll hear from certain clients where the guy will say, you know, she doesn't want to have sex. And she'll say, well, he never does anything to really get me there, you know, to make me want to have sex. Foreplay starts early. It, it does. That's the it whole really point. starts with a simple phone thing. call in the morning. Yeah. When, simple oh, text, text message. Yeah. But the thing that we often forget, and this is what goes back to, you know, the, the Western thought about sex, going back more to the motherland, I'm really into rituals and understanding the, the role that rituals play in our lives. And romance is a ritualistic activity. Right. If you think that people about, get lazy about. Yeah, that's, that's the whole saying. point. People that don't take it. In. They don't think about what actually goes into the mental aspect and getting on the same page when it comes to to um, intercourse. Right. But, but, and, but, but, and, what, and, and, and thinking about that, just understanding that if you want someone to be able to let go and to relax, there are things that you have to do to that you can do to, to encourage help facilitate. That. Right. right. Yeah. You know, right. If, if you think about even just from the ritualistic standpoint, if you think about different rituals um, like um, bathing. Um, you know, preparing the, 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 the land, you know, by placing flowers in front of you and placing flowers on beds, um, lighting candles, you know, fragrances. All those things go into many different religious, you know, rituals, but it's the th- same thing in terms of a romantic atmosphere. And that's what you're doing to kind of prepare the body. But we don't take the time to do that on either side. Right. And I think the other thing that's yeah. also pretty important, um, I, I thought about the the couple Marissa was, was talking about earlier. Rituals are really important. I think they help create a... Uh, a common ground, I think, for both partners to really focus and function off of. So I definitely agree with that. I also want to also add a developmental piece and also say that while rituals are really, really good, couples should also start getting themselves ready for rituals to change over time Mm -hmm. and being flexible about that because marissa talked about a couple that's in their 60s and i'm pretty sure that as long as they've been together they're not rocking the same rituals that they're rocking in the 20s because time changes people evolve in so many different ways and we build interest over time exactly Mm -hmm. bodies change and so rituals are important i want our guests also you know really take um you know what what Tariq said and also know that there also needs to be flexibility and when they're and when one partner feels that hey let 
let's I'm thinking about changing a ritual. That's when it goes back to the essence of our conversation today, which is, well, let's open up that conversation. Mm-hmm. Let's be respectful, right? Because we know that there's power differences in relationships. And let's also expand the conversation because I think it's important for you to be open and kind of understanding like, yeah, I know um, a few years ago you liked it when I came in with my boxers. It seems like you don't <laughs> like that anymore. You probably want me to do X, Y, and Z. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. let's start opening things up for flexibility because that needs to happen because it's a relationship. Right. Yes. All right, guys. Absolutely. Time. And an evolving sexual self. Exactly. That evolves with as your needs change because when you have children you don't have the same body and the same sexuality as when you know there are different points in your life so really leaving room to expand at different points in your experience right nope well guys it's time to get into our last segment of the night this is called the noble truths the noble truths and what we want from you guys from our panel of experts are resources for our listeners um homework assignments articles, books, whatever you have that our listeners can take away from this conversation, do the research and do the work themselves to get them in a better place, particularly around this topic of closing that orgasm gap. What do you have for us? Go ahead, Dr. Donna. Why don't you start us off? Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Some things to do on the own or on your own with whether or not you're with um, a partner or not. um, There are this these two books um all about me and all about us um they definitely help to open a conversation about the dynamics of the relationship in general but then coupling that with the yes no maybe list Mm -hmm. now you're also bringing in that sexual aspect of what you like and what you would like to further explore um for those who are struggling with sexuality based on that you know very race-based um that intersection between being Mm -hmm. both black and female um some books that I would recommend. Um, one would be Black Sexual Politics by uh, Patricia Hill Collins. Love that, Patricia um, Hill Collins. Yes. <laughs> I've, read, I've read so many of her other books. She's dope. Yeah, yes. She's dope. Black Feminist Thought. Um, and I really, I have a slew of books um, that help to spark thought, spark conversation, and at the same time, help to, I think, reconnect to the erotic body because if you're worried about all these other aspects, it's hard to be connected. Um, but they're all in my website at anodbright.com. And we're going to make sure that, you know, for yep. you listeners, that we're going to have all this on our website as well. We'll have a list of the articles. And ways um, so you can contact these lovely experts. All those different things. Oh, and I recommend masturbation. I love May. May is my favorite May. month. Did you, okay. thunder, did you hear the thunder come in at that exact time? Did you hear the thunder come in at that exact point? I love, I love <laughs> masturbation. All, all, <laughs> cue, all cue the thunder hit <laughs> on that exact point. Wow. Man. Man. Somebody is connecting with you right now in the, in the universe. Thank you, universe. <laughs> you, you, connect, connect. You, you have validated yes, someone's experience right now. Like right. mutual masturbation, yes. masturbation by yourself, yep. watching your partner yeah, masturbate. Your partner. All of these things are learning spaces. You learn your body. You learn your partner's body. You learn what you both like when you're in conjunction with one another because those things change. The things that you find erotic change when you're on your own versus when you're with a like really exploring your own body right. so that then you are also able to instruct and make it sexy okay. you could be like i'm the teacher you're the student it's time for you to learn go ahead girl. exactly all right <laughs> go ahead Bobette. what you got for us well for me like i would say books like 
the art of erotic massage, learning how to touch each other, mm. you know, learning how to go slow, you know, building together. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, even if you go to the Kama Sutra and try to work on these little things together, you may not be able to do all of them, right. but there's something in there for everyone. Mm. Just Make sure learning. you stretch too. Yes, mm. stretch first. <laughs> Always stretch and have lots Always of water. Nothing worse than getting cramped <laughs> in the middle of sex, boy. <laughs> you don't want to get a cramp. <laughs> Like, oh, I got toilet holes. Hold on, stop, stop, stop. Get the, get the water. Get off me. Get the water. Get, off get the water. Yeah, and, you know, adding adding toys in the bedroom or, you know, adding different kind of lubes. You know, I have like, nice flavored lubes for, you know, women. Oh, well, I don't like to go there. I don't like to do that. You know, you can make it taste like something else and That's make it right. a little more enjoyable. That's right. We all got a palate. Eat Get some chocolate and, my chocolate and make it taste like yes, something it, else. Yes, you can. Sure. That too. Yeah, that too. That's exactly. Right. There's Pineapples. there's a lot of not things garlic. that you can do. Yeah. No, not garlic. No asparagus. No broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> no, Keep it the fruits. <laughs> no garlic for sure. <laughs> and Miss Marissa, what do you have for us? What are some um, things you can send off with our listeners? Oh, absolutely. I think um, the one thing that I always love to prescribe for a lot of my couples um, are play dates. I think a lot of times in our in our busy lives, we have to be very intentional about our sexual connection. We have to be very intentional about giving back to ourselves in our relationship. It's not going to just fall out from the sky. You have to really be able to work at it. So, you know, people say date nights. I say play dates because date nights can sometimes have a lot of expectation behind it. Whereas when you're on a play date, you have the the, the yeah. Um, and so I recommend every week you find two hours with your partner to just play, whatever that means. Whether it's co-sucking or condiments, like whatever. Decide what you want to do and do that. Um, I also am thinking about when a lot of my clients report having the most erotic experience. And many of them had nothing to do with intercourse. A lot of them said they were mind free. Mm. I, you know, and I take Say you back to the time when, mm-hmm. you know, mm. you, you know, like when you were like, oh, I didn't get it, but I was really on. Like it, it felt so good just to be around, just to be like seduced. And yeah. I, I feel like couples stop seducing each other. Couples stop. It's the anticipation. It's the yeah. build. It's That's the, true. Excitement that people kind of stray away from. It's kind of like I'll rub you on the butt. You want to have sex now? All yeah. right, cool. And that's just kind of how sometimes it unfolds. So I would encourage couples to really like entice each other, seduce each other, like figure it, you figure out like what is it that makes my partner really turned on? Is it the kiss on the neck? Is it a you know? Is it whatever it is? Just Do the dishes. Kind of <laughs> you can't go wrong with them dishes, fellas. You got that right. You got that right. Exactly. As far as books are concerned, I got two for men and two for women. Okay. So um, for women, I was, I really love the elusive orgasm by Vivian Cass. It's so helpful. It's really about a woman's guide to how and why she can't have orgasms and how she can be able to achieve orgasms. I think that it's a really straightforward, good read. Another one is Becoming Orgasmic. Mm, yeah, um, I like that one. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a personal growth guide for women who don't know where to start. You know, like, I don't know what I like, I don't know what I want, but 
uh, it's really helpful to be able to explore your own sexual template. For guys, I really like She Comes First by Ian Carner. It's yes, a man's guide to being able to help women. Yeah, it's a man's guide to really being able to understand what women like, what women want, um, and how women are best able to achieve pleasure. And the last one is I Love Female Orgasm. Boy, do I ever. Miller. <laughs> so this is a pretty comprehensive guide um, for men. Asks a lot of questions about how to find spots, what is pleasurable for women. And it's just a straightforward, amazing guide to kind of help you all on your way. Well, right. that sounds amazing, ladies. We thank really you, appreciate you, you guys. You, thank you. Well, the only other thing I would add is that this conversation has been beautifully heteronormative. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so some of the things would still apply regardless of the coupling or um, for right. those in poly Definitely. systems as well. Right. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. We appreciate you even saying that as well, since we were having that discussion about power and. And, yeah. and and systems and stuff like that. That's that's you know, listeners definitely understand that the this conversation is expanded to everyone of different you know coupling backgrounds and you know um, uh, sexual orientations and stuff like that. All right. Well, thank you guys. I wanted to thank you guys for coming on with us tonight. Um, you have been listening to Dr. Donna Oreo Wo, yeah, um, who is an international speaker, sex and relationship educator, and a therapist located right here in Washington D.C. or the Washington D.C. area. Um, you have Marissa Nelson, who has been on the line with us. From where are you, Marissa, exactly? So we can all be jealous. I'm in the Bahamas. Ah, okay. yes. I was just Guess who just came? Girl. Yes, just came off. <laughs> just came here today, straight here. <laughs> And so Marissa is a like she is a licensed marriage and family therapist at LMFT, a certified sex therapist, and CEO of XOXO Therapy LLC and founder of Intimacy Moons, um, couples and singles retreat. And we also have Babette Plummer, who is a pure romance consultant. Um, and she also what is Naturals Nook? What's that? Naturals Nook. That's my online sex talk show. Mm-hmm. And I talk about sex and relationships, you know, trying to help marriages and just relationships stay together and, you know, bring the, the zhuzh, bring the, the, zhuzh, the I like that. Yeah, bring <laughs> the zhuzh back to their relationships. And so where can, people, where, can, where can our listeners find more information about you, Babette? Um, I'm on Facebook. Cool. I have, um, there's a Naturals Nook Facebook page. And my show is Wednesdays from 10 to midnight. I go live on Facebook. Cool. Or you can see me on Real Explosion Radio Views YouTube page. Nice. All right. Nice. And Dr. Donna, what about for you? Where can our listeners find more information about you? I'm a nod right everywhere. Uh, Facebook, <laughs> Instagram, and Twitter, and anodright.com. A-N-N-O-D, my first name backwards, R-I-G-H-T. Man, I just realized that. Okay. She is yeah. slick. <laughs> this one right slick. here. Yeah, slick. These doctors, these PhDs, oh, And finally, Marissa Nelson, please tell our people where we can find more information out about you. Yes, please come visit my website, www.intimacymoons.com. All right. Thank you very much again, everyone. Thank you very much for coming on the show today. Thank you to our listeners for checking us out. Yes, folks. Dr. John, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find out more information about us, the Kings of the Heart. You can find us at www.kingsoftheheart.com. 
um, check out our podcast, check out articles that we're writing, check out other events that we're going to be a part of and, and all that good jazz. So we always appreciate you guys listening. Hopefully it was a insightful conversation um, for you guys. And again, you will find out more information about this conversation today. Anything that you heard in terms of resources and advice, yep. we'll have all that also linked to our website. Um, and you also have the links for yep. our guests on the website as well. Exactly. So just go right to www dot kings of the heart dot com and you will find out more information about what you heard today so again thank you guys all yes and we will see you next time on kings of the heart yeah.